Right, new rag back. Yay. Just want to let you all know, if you haven't seen it already, the third episode of the Ragbag Rambler is out now on YouTube. It's a video series in which I, Frank Burton, explore the world via the medium of Google Street View. And it's incredibly good. I don't think anybody else has had this idea before. So, yeah, if you want to see something original, give the Ragbag Rambler a go. Why not? Also, I'm on Instagram now. I can't bring myself to be excited about that. It's the same handle as my Twitter, Ragbag Frank. Facebook page is Ragbag Podcast. I do hope you're all taking notes here. Right, let's get on with this. business raring to go a few uh, changes have been made to the format of this podcast we'll deal with those changes as we go along also i kind of moved out of my flat and sold off most of my possessions and i'm living in my camper van now we'll probably get into that too at some point but you know what here's a tune
Now I'd like to start with an apology to the British government and various other governmental bodies throughout the world. I have been releasing this podcast for almost two years now and up until this summer I was doing it completely without the appropriate license. I realise ignorance is no defence but I genuinely didn't know there was such a thing as a podcasting license. And the man who contacted me on social media explained it all to me as a layman. It's very complicated, but he simplified it for me. He's based in Indonesia, but he's fully up to speed on UK law. His English isn't 100%, but his understanding of the law is impeccable. He's got an answer for everything. Unfortunately, every question I ask seems to have a cost attached. But it does save you money in the long run. You can go to court for podcasting without a license and face astronomical fines. Do you know this, by the way, any fellow podcasters who happen to be listening? Get yourself a license, not just for the country in which you're based. You need one for every single country you distribute to. So it's costly, yeah? But it's all sorted now. So apologies, as I say, to the British government, whoever the Prime Minister is now. I'm not really keeping on top of these things. Keep up the good work. I'm sure you're doing an excellent job, whoever you are. Anyway, I've had some great correspondence while I've been away. Best one so far has been from Marguerite in Bangkok. She says, I used to think butternut squash was the only vegetable whose name is composed of three randomly selected words with no relation to the thing they're describing. But then I discovered an Argentinian variety of potato called Koala Grapefruit Bonanza. Then I looked into things a bit further and realised that the word vegetable itself follows that exact same principle. Its Latin roots can be broken down into three separate words. The word veg, meaning fingernail clippings. The word e, which as anyone who studied Latin will tell you, is the Latin word for that brief moment of panic when you think you've lost your keys but it turns out they're in the other pockets. And the word table, and then I realised that none of that's actually true because I made it up. <laughs> You're toying with me, Marguerite. New catchphrase, perhaps, guys? What do you reckon? You're toying with me, Marguerite. Marguerite, you're toying with me. I had to ditch my previous catchphrase, which you remember is, uh, what could possibly go wrong? That one, you know. Well, some helpful soul got in touch on Twitter to point out that, oh, you know what, most of you are American, you're not going to know who this person is, but you probably have people like this on your side of the pond. You know those people who get paid to be angry about stuff, like really specific things? Usually just the same two or three things on a loop. Newspaper columnists, I think that's what they're called. Some of these people spend decades getting paid to be angry. It's no kind of life, is it? 
and the money's good, I understand, but you can't enjoy it because you're too angry. That's the bargain you make when you sign up, I suppose. It's a job for life and you'll be paid handsomely for doing very little work. But the downside is you'll spend the rest of your life mad as hell about the same two or three things. Miserable. Unless they're all just somehow managing to pretend to be angry. Maybe that's it. And I hope that is the case because I don't like the idea of people literally being paid to be miserable. It doesn't seem fair on them. It seems pretty pointless all around, really. Anyway, one of these particular people wrote this book. Well, he didn't write a book. It's a collection of his newspaper columns, you know, disguised as a book. And he called it, for some reason, What Could Possibly Go Wrong? There's a picture of him looking miserable on the cover. As I say, I hope he's not really miserable. I hope he's smiling inside. Poor fella. Anyway, it seems like I've appropriated some of his shtick. I apologise to him. I won't bother saying his name. You're mostly American, aren't you? Mostly American, yeah. United States. It occurred to me the other day, where is the United States? Where is it? You know, is it a real place? I only really know of it from film and TV and music, but films and TV, uh, they're not real, are they? So maybe the United States is a a fictional place like Middle Earth or something. And as for American music, where do these people really come from when they do that accent of theirs, you know? Because a lot of British singers do that exact same voice. The exact same voice as the Americans. And they're not American, are they? So maybe no one is. Maybe... There's no such place as the United States. I realise I have personally met American people. I've even interviewed American people for Ragbag's bonus bag. So there's documentary evidence of that. But do these people... Do they just think they're American? Where do those accents really come from? Do they pick them up from watching all those films and stuff? It boggles the mind sometimes. Is there a way of turning your brain off for a while? Actually, just to explore this a little bit further, if it does turn out there's no such place as America, I'm definitely getting a refund on that license. American podcasting licenses are really quite expensive, as it turns out. I'll bring it up with my guy. If he can prove some kind of documented evidence that America exists, I'll be more than happy to keep paying that direct debit. It is a bit of a squeeze, to be honest. Weekly payments. But you know what? That's okay, because I've actually come in some money recently. This show is now independently financed 
which means I don't have to deal with sponsors anymore. How brilliant is that? I had one all lined up for this episode as well. I actually gave them their money back. And to be honest, I'll be happy to give you guys a shout out for free because you're very understanding and I genuinely wish you all the best with your very interesting and very niche product. So just a quick shout out to the company who are going to be our sponsor. Foxtrot Tango's Maternity Diving Gear. If you happen to be heavily pregnant, it's not medically advisable to go deep sea diving. But if you have to, and I stress, if you absolutely have to, it's unlikely you'll still fit into a regular wetsuit. Foxtrot Tango's Maternity Diving Gear is the solution to you and your unborn child. It's what you've been looking for. Again, it is highly recommended that you do not go deep sea diving in the late stages of pregnancy. But if you have to, this is the product for you. You see what I mean? Very niche. There really is something for everyone in this world of ours if you know where to look. Like this podcast, for example. This is it, isn't it? I don't mean to blow my own trumpet, but seriously, this is the thing you've been looking for all your life, isn't it? Listen, let's have some more music now. I realise I still haven't told you how I came to have moved out of my flat. Now I'm living in the camper van, all of that thing. I'll tell you about it later, right? Enjoy yourselves.
amarga a cada momento Por cada plataforma y para todo la bola Pero no es cierto y mejor Mantente atento que no es casualidad Este razonamiento lento Que hacen caso a los eventos que ellos mismos ejecutan Venden como tragedia a masa de gente bruta Esta guerra es absoluta Se mantiene oculta con una mano saluda Con la otra no se suda Dicen liberar un pueblo creándoles una guerra Dividiendo a la gente y poniendo la frontera Satanizando credos y color de mi piel Realmente somos iguales y es algo que tú no ves Porque si te hipnotizado ya por tanta propaganda 24-7 en la tele te comanda Comprar, comprar, temer, odiar Generar ganancia para los que en la cima están Y no mires noticias que su arma es el miedo Que su arma es el miedo Apaga la tele que su arma es el miedo Que su arma es el miedo No mires sus ojos que su arma es el miedo Que su arma es el miedo No escuches la radio que su arma es el miedo Sanon ehkä kunnen osa muutakaan, 
itseni tuntemaan. Mutta sinulle sanon kyllä, sanon sinulle kyllä, vaikka haluan sanoa ei. Now then, snakes and ladders. Imagine if that was real life. I know it's kind of a metaphor for the ups and downs of day-to-day living. You win some, you lose some, that type of thing. But imagine if it wasn't a metaphor. And if you walk too far in one direction, instead of turning around and correcting yourself slightly, you literally have to slide down a giant python that backtracks you on half of your journey. A giant python. 
you'd have to wrap your legs around it and everything, hang on. But they're notoriously slippery creatures, aren't they? And what's holding the snake up in that position in the first place? What's doing that? It can't be comfortable for them. It's a very unnatural pose for a snake, standing bolt upright on its tail like that. It'd have to be clamped into place somehow. Very inhumane. And therefore, you wouldn't be able to just slide gracefully down the snake. You'd have to navigate your way past the brutally unpleasant clamping system. You'd have to feed them though as well, wouldn't they? That would have to be someone's job. Imagine that thankless task. What do you do for a living? Well, I travel around with a cage full of live mice. And I feed all the snakes, you know, all the snakes they've got dotted around here, clamped up against their will, against nature itself. I give them their one brief moment of pleasure in an otherwise torturous existence. I'll tell you the worst part of this job is trying to feed the snakes right at the top. Because in order to do that, I have to get past all the other snakes without sliding down them. And, well, you know what it's like. How about you? What do you do for a living? Oh, well, the same as everybody else in this odd version of reality, really. I, I climb up ladders and I slide down snakes. Well, that's your job. Well, no one pays me to do it. I don't need money. I don't even need to eat because, as you can quite clearly see, I'm made of plastic. Cluedo. Imagine if that was real life. I could go on all day like this. <laughs> I, could, I could go on all day like this, really. Scrabble. Imagine if that was real life. So, this is your new shtick, Frank. I see. What was wrong with your old shtick again? I'm just saying, like, imagine. What if everything... You know, seriously. But seriously. What if everything was... Stop-motion animation? Could be, couldn't it? Maybe we're all made of plasticine. But we don't realise that we are, because time for us is happening on a much faster scale than the professionals who are animating us. There must be a very large team of people with everyone looking after their own little bit. And they'll all have to alter their part just a tiny little bit, then click, take a picture of it, then move it a tiny little bit, everything in the entire world, click, and so it goes on. Then one day, someone figures it all out. They'll tell their friends about it. They'll say, I figured it all out. Sorry to be the one to break this to you guys, but everything in the entire world is stop motion animation. We're all made of plasticine. I am, you are, your parents are, your ancestors were. Everyone who's ever lived has been made of plasticine. The entire planet is. Every single object you've ever seen in your life is. 
I know it doesn't look like it, but that's just the way it is. What about water? They'll say, what's water made of? Plasticine. Because of the animation, it makes it look like water. Are you sure it's not CGI? Oh, of course it's not CGI. Why would it be CGI? That's ridiculous. Well, CGI just looks a bit more realistic when you see it on screen. Well, that's interesting because that screen you're talking about, that is itself made of plasticine and the images on the screen, whether they're of regular people or hand-drawn cartoons or CGI, they're all made of plasticine as well because everything, as I have said, is made of plasticine. Okay, fine, everything's made of plasticine. What can we do about this? Nothing. We have no control over it. Someone's... You know what? Someone's written all of this. This whole conversation. This isn't even biologically my voice. It's an actor in a studio somewhere. I've got absolutely no control over anything I say, and neither of you. Right. Well, I suppose we'll just have to go with it, I guess. I quite like the idea. Oh, you quite like the idea, do you? You like the idea of having no control over your words or actions. Well, yes, because if it's all been predetermined by a scriptwriter, I don't have much to worry about other than maybe one day the writers of this big cartoon will kill me for their own amusement but even that doesn't matter because technically I was never really alive to begin with you see what I mean listeners maybe we're all maybe we're all stop motion animation shout out to Andrew yeah we're moving on now (laughs) I'm changing the subject shout out to Andrew wishing me a happy birthday not my birthday but thanks he says sorry we can't make it on the 17th why what's happening he says hope to catch you and Sharon sometime soon kiss 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 uh okay right back at you there Andrew I don't know who Sharon is but sure let's get together sometime I'll probably be passing through your town at some point in the camper van, obviously. Sorry you can't make it on the 17th. You didn't mention what month, but sorry you can't make it on the 17th. Whatever is happening then. I am, of course, joking. He texted the wrong person, I assume. And I deliberately misread the situation for comic effect. You see that? You know... That was a joke. I've been told I need to make more jokes because apparently I take myself too seriously. And I can make jokes. I can easily do that. I thought of one just the other day, as a matter of fact. Now, how did it go? Um, How did it go? Right. Now, pay attention. What do you get if you cross the artist Salvador Dali with the 1980s pop group Deacon Blue? The answer is, of course, Salvador Blue. 
I'm so, <laughs> so much, so, <laughs> Salvador Blue, because I figured out, you know what, I figured out there's probably maybe 1% of the audience who will appreciate that one, because it relies on you being familiar with both of those two things. Most of you are American, and you probably haven't heard of Deacon Blue unless they had some kind of presence on that side of the Atlantic. And if indeed America actually exists, that's another question. So you'd need to know Salvador Dali was a surrealist. You would need to know who Deacon Blue are. And you would need to know specifically that Deacon Blue had a hit single called Real Gone Kid. So that's whittled down a few of you. Then in the short pause between setup and punchline, you would need to have preempted the punchline. The most obvious pun being surreal gone kid. So to anyone who got there, maybe that's just one of you or possibly less. To your surprise and amusement, I didn't make the pun you were expecting. Instead, I said Salvador Blue. It's not funny if I have to explain it, obviously. This is why I don't make jokes. I realise I'm supposed to be filling you in on what's going on with my living situation. As I said, I moved out of my flat and I'm living in a camper van now. So here's what happened. Well, that's it. I moved out of my flat and now I'm living in a camper van. I don't think I need to explain any further. You know, it's good to be back, by the way. It's very good. It is good. It is good to be back.
thank you for listening check out oh there's so many things to check out my god don't know where to start check out the website frankburson.co.uk as you will also know if you've been paying attention the ragbag rambler video series is going good and strong and it's all happening right now so link is in the show notes thank you very much it is nice to be back there will be another ragbag along with you very soon in a couple of weeks in the meantime enjoy yourselves and ah, you're all good people Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more.